0: Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. And every week we ride the rails, snap at the press, jot down poetry, and confront lawmen. All that in an effort to bring you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. Well, we now live in a world where Bob Dylan is a Nobel Prize winner for literature. You know this guy? Uh, Okay. Yeah, Last week, the songwriter was granted the coveted prize, joining the ranks of Isaac Singer, Alice Monroe, Tony Morrison, and John Steinbeck, among others. Of course, Bob Dylan was famous for his changing phases. He went from folky to rock icon to Christian soldier to old cranky semi-country blues guy, I think, with probably dozens of other iterations along the way. But, hey, that's kind of a bit like the stock market, right? For weeks now, we've been worried about interest rates and the state of the economy, and the presidential election, Yeah, remember that, that's looming over all of this as well. And right now, a flood of corporate earnings is coming out, so the market focus will have to shift from the Federal Reserve to corporate results and to the election, and then probably back to the Fed in mid-November. Could be a dizzying couple of weeks. Make sure you have your drama mean handy. This week, though, we'll take a look at the first round of corporate earnings. Last week, Alcoa got the earnings season off to a bit of a rocky start. However, we got a set of better-than-expected reports from the financial sector. And we'll also take a look at the key companies set to announce results this week. Netflix will be one of the highlights of the early earnings season. And we'll see if the hundreds of millions of collective hours of watching Stranger Things turned into profits for the company. We'll also look ahead to earnings from a couple of major toy companies. (laughs) The perfect check-in as the uh, holiday shopping season comes around. So, this is the Never Trust a Cop in a Raincoat episode of Offbeat Wall Street.
1: Seven simple rules for life in hiding. One, never trust a cop in a raincoat. Two, beware of enthusiasm and of love. Each is temporary and quick this way. Three, when asked if you care about the world's problems, look deep into the eyes of he who asks. He will not ask you again.
0: All right, as we mentioned, earnings season is now underway. Every three months or so, a long list of the world's biggest companies tell us just how they did over the past quarter. The traditional kickoff of the earnings season is the release of results from aluminum giant Alcoa. The company got the season off to a bit of a rocky start. The aluminum producer reporting quarterly earnings and revenues that came in below market expectations. However, a result from a trio of financial giants gave a bit of a different story. That group included Wells Fargo, which released its first earnings report since the fake account scandal broke. Earnings dipped from last year, but not as much as analysts expected. Revenues were up about 2%. Well, last week, Wells Fargo had also announced that its embattled CEO was leaving. Officially, John Stump's departure was characterized as a "quote retirement." Yeah, but when you're forced to testify before Congress about your company's widespread tactic of setting up fake accounts to drive up fees, <laughs> well, I guess that's probably a good time to start your golden years, don't you think? Elsewhere, Citigroup reported its quarterly results last week, and the bank reported net income that fell year-over-year. Year. Still, results beat expectations, and the company increased revenues in its trading and investment banking units. Completing the financial trio, J.P. Morgan Chase said that its profits for the third quarter slipped from last year, and that mainly reflected a higher provision for credit losses and the absence of tax benefits that boosted earnings last year. The bottom line beat expectations. Earnings will continue to come out from big-name financial firms this week. We're going to get results from Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, and American Express. And we got yet another update from the Federal Reserve last week. The Fed releasing the minutes of its last monetary policy meeting. And in case you forgot, that last Fed meeting was a doozy. The central bank voted to leave rates unchanged, but the vote came with an extremely rare level of dissension. Three Fed members voted against the move, and those three members all wanted to raise the key rate by a quarter percentage point. Now, the Fed minutes showed that the Fed was even closer to a split decision than the vote suggested, and along with the three official dissenters, several other members characterized the decision to hold rates as, quote, a close call. The central bank said that a reasonable argument could be made for either side of the rate hike debate. In the end, though, most members believed that it was better to wait for additional information before making a move. Even with the dissent, the markets believe that it's a slam dunk that policymakers will keep rates steady when they meet again in November. Option traders are currently pricing in less than a 10% chance that the Fed's going to raise rates on November 2nd when the next decision is due out. Part of this, of course, is the fact that the presidential election is set for November 8th. Of course, the Fed is traditionally reluctant to make moves during a presidential election season so that the decision doesn't seem political. Looking further ahead, the December Fed meeting now looks like it will be the time for rate hikes. The markets are pricing in a nearly two-thirds chance of increased rates for the December meeting.
1: Number four and five. Never give your real name. And if ever told to look at yourself, never look. Six, never say or do anything the person standing in front of you cannot understand.
0: Well, appropriately enough, toy makers are going to be in the spotlight this week as we move into the holiday shopping season. Both Hasbro and Mattel are set to report their quarterly results. Mattel's earnings are expected to hold steady compared to last year. revenues expected to be down a bit. Hasbro, meanwhile, is projected to have had a better quarter. Analysts are predicting double-digit earnings growth with revenues up around 6%. The outlooks the companies provide will be closely watched as well. The companies are now into their holiday quarters, which is an important time of year for toy makers. Their expectations for the Christmas season could give a good look into the vibe headed into the gift-giving time of year. In its last quarter, Mattel beat expectations, and that was helped by 23% growth in its Barbie unit. However, the company still recorded a loss for the quarter. Hasbro, meanwhile, reported earnings and revenues for the previous quarter that rose from last year, and both of those figures beat expectations. However, Hasbro's stock fell following the earnings announcement. There were a bit of worries about slowing growth for its boys' unit, which saw just 4% revenue growth in the quarter, and that includes such iconic brands like Nerf and Star Wars. The slow growth there compared to 35% growth for its girls' line of toys, including the Disney Princesses. It also had 8% growth for its games division. Compounding the problem, though, Hasbro revealed bad news for its Jurassic Park line. On the same day as its earnings announcement, the company revealed that it had lost its license for Jurassic Park after 2017. All right, Netflix is another big name set to report earnings this week. The online movie service is expected to see a downtick in its quarterly profits, but revenues are expected to jump more than 30%. As always, though, the company's subscriber statistics will be as important as its bottom line in determining just how the stock will move. This was apparent last quarter. Uh, Back in July, Netflix reported earnings that rose from the previous year and beat analyst expectations, but shares dropped more than 10% after the company reported a slowdown in subscriber growth. Netflix said it added 1.68 million subscribers globally in the quarter, ending with 83.18 million and that included just 160,000 subscriber editions in the U.S. Now, Since its last earnings release, there's been some buyout buzz surrounding Netflix. Earlier this month, the company's shares got a bit of a boost on some takeover speculation. There have been rumors that companies like Disney or even Apple might be interested in the company, although this remains chatter at this point. A large number of other companies set to announce results this week on the docket, Intel, IBM, Johnson & Johnson, Microsoft, and GE. Still, it's not all about corporate news this week. A variety of economic news will come out as well. We'll get some updates on the manufacturing sector and on housing, and we'll also get a key piece of information about the Fed. On Monday, we'll see the release of data on industrial production. Meanwhile, a couple of key regional manufacturing surveys are set for release as well. The Empire State Index will cover the factory sector in New York State. Meanwhile, the Philly Fed Index will cover activity in the mid-Atlantic region around, you guessed it, Philadelphia. Now onto the housing market. That index is set for release on Tuesday, and the housing market index tracks attitudes inside the home building industry. Meanwhile, stats on housing starts will come out Wednesday, and that will give a good look at new house building projects. All right, the biggest housing report of the week, though, will be the existing home sales report. And that, of course, tracks sales of previously owned homes. Existing home sales represent the largest part of the housing market by far. And, of course, we'll also get a check-in from the Federal Reserve yet again. The Fed's set to release its so-called Beige Book. And that report compiles information from the Fed's regional districts, so it gives us a glimpse of where growth is strongest and where the economy is a bit more tenuous. Seven.
1: Never create anything. It will be misinterpreted it will chain you and follow you for the rest of your life it will never change
0: all right each week we like to wander off the beaten track a bit and take a look at some of the money stories that aren't exactly wall street related so time now for a few of our quick hits <laughs> All right, big week in politics, tough week for Donald Trump. There was the Billy Bush tape, and then there was this. The Trump Taj Mahal Casino ceased operations and closed last Monday morning. 26 years after it was open. now becomes the fifth casino to close in Atlantic City since 2014, amid stiff competition from casinos in neighboring states. The iconic hotel on a, the Atlantic City boardwalk was opened by Trump in 1990. The most recent owner, though, was Carl Icahn. And uh, hey, don't be fooled, uh, not the easiest week for Hillary, either. Uh, just look up WikiLeaks. Yeah. Alright, so, well, it looks like uh, memes are now forcing beloved childhood figures into hiding, and McDonald's reportedly decided that it's going to downplay its iconic clown mascot Ronald McDonald amid the increasing sightings of creepy clowns across the U.S. Company said Ronald will be keeping a low profile until the clown craze dies down. Luckily though, the hamburger is used to life on the lamb, and he can show Ronald the ropes. Well, it looks like the next step from self-driving cars might be self-driving motorcycles. As precarious as that sounds, AutoGiant BMW unveiled its future intelligent motorcycle last week. The vehicle has self-balancing systems that keep it upright, otherwise known as training wheels. Uh, No, that's not true. Maybe it is. According to the company, the smart machine's self-balancing systems allows it to never tip over and uses a host of connected systems to anticipate obstacles. Training wheels? (laughs) Maybe. Hey, it's Circle of Lifetime, Amazon all but killed the brick-and-mortar book and electronics business, and now the company is looking to get into the brick-and-mortar business. (laughs) Go figure. The online retailer is reportedly planning to launch a chain of grocery stores. Amazon reportedly aims to build small stores internally known as Project Como. Those would sell produce, milk, meats, and other perishable items that customers can take home, that's according to a report in the Wall Street Journal. So basically, the great disruptor is going into the 7-Eleven business. Pass me a Slurpee, please. Some have questioned, given your latest recordings, whether or not you still care about people as you once did.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, we all have our own definitions of all those words. uh, Care and uh, people.
0: Well, I think we all know the definition of people. (laughs) do we hey thank you everybody this has been Off Beat Wall Street and if you like the show go to iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher and subscribe while you're there go ahead and rate and review the show with some great ratings they help others discover the show it's helpful to us Also, let all of your friends know. Check out our website, offbeatwallstreet.com. Follow us on Twitter, offbeatwallstreet. That's S-T-Leg on a street sign. And of course, thanks for a big heaping helping of BS. Brian Stewart, thank you for script writing and co-production of the podcast. And of course, as always, a big special shout out to our good friends at RTT News. They provide a lot of the news and stats we use in this here show. So for up-to-the-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com. And hey, as we say goodbye, I just want to remind you that just like Bob Dylan, as much as you accomplish in life, there's always some higher goal that you can try to achieve.
1: So, what now? Now? What's left? Oh, my salvation.
0: Have a great week, everybody.